Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where I am excited to talk to Prit, whose last name I don't want to butcher, Madukar. Perfect. All right. We'll just call you Prit, who is, if you missed it, she was commenting, she is meeting Zoom Master Fufi for the first time. Oh, he's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to COVID, this cat is an international speaker and probably more famous than I am at this point. So... (laughs) Thank you for joining me today because I know we had a great conversation. I can't wait for people to hear more about your story because we all think we have it hard, right? We all think that in our moments, and yes, I'm putting myself in that same category, that we're unique little snowflakes with challenges that nobody else understands, right? But we're also entrepreneurs, and so we're resilient as heck, and we Figure it out. Absolutely. Amen to that. Figure it out. So before we get into your amazing story of how you've been so resilient and figured it out, why don't you tell everyone a little bit more officially about who you are and what you do? Yes. So I am Prithvi Madhukar. You can call me Prit. My online pseudonym is The Marketing Nomad. I am basically a marketing strategy consultant. I have, I mean, I'm, I'm in India. I'm a location independent marketing strategist. My company is in Delaware and I'm also a digital entrepreneur. So a few of the roles that I do take on, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a podcaster, I'm an Etsy shop owner, and I'm a Skillshare teacher as well. And I just forgot because it's very, very recent. I'm also the author of Zero to Four Figures. Um, <laughs> oh, that's probably that. the first God. thing that I've led with. Random question, what do you sell on Etsy? Um, I sell digital products on Etsy. So for example, you want to learn how to create your own course. So I have a workbook just for you. Or you want 365 content ideas for your Instagram page. I have different niches and you get ideas. Yep, on Etsy. So I sell digital products on Etsy. Good for you. Didn't know we could do that. Have to revisit that myself then. Awesome. Yep, yep. So that's what I do. Nice. So digital, like marketing nomad, brilliant as a messaging person. Love, love, love your messaging. But there's backstory to that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, like, oh, yeah. Are you guys ready for this? (laughs) Are you ready for this? So how I would, you know, it's not a one minute story. You you say this. What I love about what you just said and how you said it is, it's a calm confidence. This is who I am. Yep. But that's not what you set out. That's not how that started, not. right? So tell you know, just jump into your journey. Jump in your yes. journey because I think to set the stage for you a little bit, I think there is value in the gurus out there, the inspirational mm-hmm. folks who have just skyrocketed, pulled it off, the Gary V's of the world who have that charisma, but at the same time, they're so far removed 
from us mere mortals that sometimes it's hard to actually learn from them as they rate as they've gone on their journey and gotten farther away from where they started and it was not handed to these people either um a lot of what they teach is hard to implement because we don't have the team we don't have the experience we don't have the skills yet um so i love sharing the journey of folks a little bit closer to home, right? Folks a little bit to a fourth grader, a fifth grader is really cool. Absolutely. I think that's one of the premises of my book as well, that, you know, just between you and me, Erin, I think that these people have superpowers because they're just so, so far out, you know? But at the same time, when you hear real life stories of people who grew up maybe in the same city as you or who look like you and me, you know, with the same uh, maybe financial background or values or beliefs. I mean, it's easier to believe that you can do it too. I, I really think that, you know, it, it makes it feel more real, realistic for you to achieve. And it's not, no fault of these amazing, amazing people. It's just um, because there is such a disconnect between where we are at to where they are at, oftentimes it can feel impossible to get there. And so for inspiration. Absolutely. absolutely. That's not where you're going to get your step by step from. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So I'm going to get started on my story. Um, Are you guys ready for this? It's got drama. It's got intrigue. But best of all, I think it's got a 20 something year old Indian girl who has absolutely no idea how her life is going to change for the better. So for those of you who don't know, I am the marketing nomad today, but I'm actually an engineer by degree. And so <laughs> it's, um, I started out with my engineering degree in 2011. And two years in, it was pretty clear that I was just not passionate about it. While engineering was an interesting field and I was naturally curious, I just didn't feel the passion and I didn't see myself working in that field for 40 years of my life. And for a 20-year-old, that was a pretty scary thought. I mean, every single person around me. We we do this. I had the same thing. I have a degree in journalism. And I was then told, yeah, you're going to have to live in a small town and and write about farm futures for the next 20 years before (laughs) you get credentialed enough to move back to the... I was born in Chicago. This was, like, not going to be a thing for me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's... I don't know how to fix that, but to commit to a field we know nothing about, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a little bit of lax on how we portray your career should be. A lot of times people say, oh, you've got to stick with it for the rest of your life. And I, I don't think that's true. In the three years I've pivoted so much, I'm pretty sure um, I've put, uh, you know, that episode on Friends for Shame, you know, pivot, pivot. <laughs> I keep talking about like, I was the first, you know, I graduated college, I had the big fancy multiple six figure job with the expense account. And then I told my mother I was leaving it. This is not a conversation you want to have. And yet here we go. Absolutely. So yeah, I was pretty much at that point too. I mean, I didn't see myself in this career path. And my dad, I mean, this was during the summer holidays. My dad, he's a very typical Indian parent. He said, why don't you go out there and get some real world experience? And I said, "Um, you know, with the marks I have, 
I don't think anyone's going to hire me. And it was a joke. <laughs> he laughed. My mom was not amused. <laughs> and a little bit of a side note, both my parents are entrepreneurs themselves. They have their own businesses. And so my dad took me to his company the next day and he said, you know, just sit with this team and just work with whatever they need. And I was really irritated because I wanted to just sit at home and do nothing. I mean, why was he putting work on me? <laughs> I really didn't want to do anything. And so I went really grumpily. I sat with the team and the work they gave me was actually very, very different. So they asked me to check the website for grammatical mistakes. And while I was doing that, uh, I realized one website page of theirs did not match the overall color scheme of the website. So I brought that to their attention. And then there was another sentence that I thought communicated the message a little bit better in my way. And so I shared that. And over time, I don't know how time flew, Erin, but it just did. Eight hours a day would just pass by. I would go to work with my dad in the morning. I was not even paid for this, by the way. Um, <laughs> I would go to work in the morning with him. Have lunch with him. As far as he was concerned, he had been paying for it for years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was happy. And so I was happy too. You know, the entire summer I went to his company. I even wrote captions for their Facebook page. And I even went back voluntarily for the next two summers. Wow. So that was something, uh, considering how much <laughs> of an aversion I had to working. But at that time, I didn't know all of this was part of marketing. I really didn't know that people could actually earn something substantial from this because the society that I've been brought up in, and this is probably very, very common, is that either you have to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer for you to be successful. If you choose any other path, people think that, well, it's a destined failure. And if you were right. somehow successful, they would just chalk it off as sheer dumb luck. And so, you know, this you entire stigma. Six-figure job to go Absolutely. do your own thing. Now you're Absolutely. all crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's it's just so much of stigma to do something that's not the norm, at least back or then. Safe, that they consider safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so there I was, I didn't know what all of this was, but it was pretty clear to me at that point that I was not going to do engineering. So I got the degree somehow. Don't ask me anything related to engineering. I don't remember any of it, um, but I got the degree and I quickly went to do my MBA. So I applied to universities and I got into Rochester Institute of Technology, which is upstate New York. Mm -hmm. So from India, I grew up in Singapore, did my engineering in India, and then I did my MBA in the U.S. And so it was in my first marketing class, my professors up there trying to gauge the level of expertise of the class and where she should start teaching. And there I was, Erin, like a total nerd raising my hand for every single question and it wasn't normal marketing questions it was oh well what was marketing campaign of coca-cola 10 years ago or maggie campaign three years ago and i was absolutely on point with it and turns out all my life my brain had absorbed all of this information without me even realizing it and i was inclined it's to learning it without re recognizing and it's, you know, that's one of the things that I've had to learn when you, when you're in your genius zone, as they call it, when you're doing what your brain already knows how to do, when you're yes. doing what comes easy to you, you excel at it without 
nearly, you know, I wasn't going to say without challenges, that's not yes. entirely true, but without the challenge. You don't have to force it. I think that's what you yes, want to say. Yes, exactly. You don't have to force it. It comes very natural. The hard work you put in, the things click in your mind, it's just a very natural part of who you are. Yes. And I think that's the genius zone. And that's where I was. And that's when I realized marketing was my passion. And I decided never to take it for granted. Because I was so lost during my engineering days, you know, having a different career path and all of those things. It was quite daunting for me. But actually, my story begins there. <laughs> so after I completed my MBA, I was an international student in the US and every international student gets one year of optional practical training. Oh, cool. So you are allowed to work under your student visa. And then once the one year is up, your employer will then apply for your official work visa. And that's a lottery process. The H-1B is a lottery. Oh, okay. So in the year 2019, there were 200,000 applications and 85,000 were projected to be processed. Mine wasn't one of them. And it was gut-wrenching. It was absolutely heartbreaking. And, and it's a, such an example of, you know, you're not in control of the situation and it's not merit-based. So it's no. not like you can even influence it because it's no. not a merit-based, you could do the best job you could possibly do. You could be the number one performer out of the whole lot. And yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just a lottery. It's it's your luck, basically. It's, it's your luck. And so I had to leave my friends, my family. You've been here you know, for a while. I, I've been there for a while. I mean, my family was in India. I wasn't leaving them behind. But, you know, just, you know, my friends and the people who right. I had considered family and the place that I thought, you know, I was the girl living her American dream. And so to have all of that taken away from me literally overnight was absolutely painful. But during this time, you know, I was in the U.S. for three months. I was packing up and, you know, kind of uh, relocating to India at that point. And I thought to myself, well, I'm already at ground zero. I can't go lower than this. You know, uh, the next step for me is to put my resume on LinkedIn and just get a full time job anywhere across the world or even in India. And I thought maybe if I started something on my own, I tried it for a year and see if it works or not. I could always go back to putting my resume on LinkedIn, right? Well, but if I- You had your examples with your parents. So it wasn't- Absolutely. Like you knew it's a thing. People do this. Well, so the thing is both my parents are- Entrepreneurs and business owners, yes, but in engineering fields, they have a <laughs> physical business that they actually go to work every single day. And here I was telling my parents, oh, well, mine's just going to be on a laptop. <laughs> so, yeah, that was weird to tell them, okay? And and they were like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, they were like kind of, they were trying to wrap their mind around it as well. So. We sent our daughter to the U.S. She came back a crazy person. What happened? They were, and, and mind you, this was right before the pandemic. So everything online, it was, it was a bit of a taboo to set up your business entirely online. Like no one wanted to hire me before the pandemic um, as an online marketing strategy consultant. It was very, very hard 
to convince people to do that over the internet. So it was during that phase. Of course, now it's unimaginable, to um, you know, to not be online. But this right. was three years ago. Right? Working for you, so basically the pandemic happened, so Prit could kill it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't put it that way, but <laughs> but you know, um, there were pros and cons for that, and I think one of the pros of what happened in the last two years was that people one started looking at entrepreneurship as a way to improve their lives. And number two, I think it also gave us, you and I, right. online you entrepreneurs. Right, we gotten to meet each other. Path. If that yeah. would yeah. Because I was already, I was already doing some things via Zoom, mm. but not nearly, I mean, I as much clients in Germany and clients in New Zealand. I never really would have got to meet them. My world mm. meet people in person Yes. They become clients and then I could work with them. Yes. At meetings on Zoom. But I wasn't really straight up meeting people. Right. And then never getting to meet them in person. Absolutely. I think I think that was one of um, the pivotal points that um, helped my business skyrocket as well. So that was one thing. So at that point, I'm debating and I wanted to start something on my own, but maybe like 10 years down the line. I was I was just 27, 26 at that point. And I, <laughs> I was like, should I do this? Should I not do this? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I just started. I put my profile up on freelance platforms. Mm-hmm. And then within six months, it was clear that something was working for me. And in the middle of the pandemic, August 2020, I actually set my company up. And it was from that moment that I branched out. I became a podcaster, YouTuber, Etsy shop owner, Skillshare teacher, and then now an author as well. Love what you're learning here and interested in more? Check out conqueryourbusiness.com to get immediate access to all sorts of additional resources and stay updated on our upcoming training events. Back up for me a second. I'm curious because this is one of that whole resilience thing. And this is something um, I actually have an event coming up next week. It's going to be one of the topics. How do you what do you tell yourself when it's all falling apart to keep going? Like you talk very factual because it's been a while now but I can't even imagine like how do you handle the mindset challenge oh yeah winning oh yeah I can get into that (laughs) I mean I can get really really emotional because you know it's it's very very close to my heart (laughs) you know I was being factual you know just because I didn't want you guys to get swept up but oh yeah I can get into the depths of it but but I think when I self to keep going so when I started my entrepreneurial journey, you have to understand that I was in a lot of pain. I, I just could not see a future ahead for me. I did not think that any life I would have in the future would ever compare to the life that I had envisioned for myself. And so for me, at that point, I realized that if I kept depending on external circumstances to change or everything around me to change, I was never going to find happiness. And so from that moment, I started looking inward. I started putting in actionable steps to create my little bubble of happiness. And it wasn't something that happened overnight. It took me two years 
to even feel something, you know, to even feel that little bit of joy or happiness or that healing that people say. And it's been a year of me actually understanding what I'm feeling and the, I guess, in a healthy mindset. But when I started out, I just focused on taking the next step, the next step to create my happiness. I don't think that happiness is just floating around in space, waiting for you no. to find it. I think yeah. you've got to find what makes you happy and keep doing it. Right. I really, truly believe that. Absolutely. One of the things that I say a lot in my presentations that you're just such an example of is if we've learned nothing else in the last couple of years, it's that something will always happen. Absolutely. Something will always happen. And it's not the situation that dictates the outcome. It's the person. Absolutely. 100%. I really think that because I think that a lot of times people look at a bad situation and they feel entitled to a good situation or a good circumstance or they did what they were supposed something to positive. Right. Especially, I mean, and, and you're such a perfect example of that because you did everything you were supposed to do. Absolutely. There was right. And, and so it's not hard to go into the victim mentality. And I love what you said. It's that get, Get narrow in your focus, pick one action step, do one thing, then do the next thing. Because otherwise, it's all just too overwhelming. It's too overwhelming. And I think this is something that I talk about in my book as well. It's just one bold step to yeah. change your life. That's it. That's all it really takes. A lot of times we see the place that we want to be and we think that it's many, many, many steps and we don't even take the first step. But frankly, it's just one bold step. That's all it takes to unlock happiness for yourself. And that's something that has time and again proved proven to myself. And I have begun to believe that to be true. And once you've proven that to yourself, and, and this goes back to I've heard this from a lot of people. You don't find successful entrepreneurs who haven't been through something. Oh, yes, absolutely. We've all been through something because you're now so in charge of your future because you had to learn how to be in charge of. Yes. Right? And you don't forget that. Yes. Now you have a trust in yourself that never would have been there before. Now you know how to move forward and that only comes through experiences. Absolutely. I think that every single entrepreneur, and I must have spoken to at least 300 entrepreneurs in the last three years, every single one of us, I think that entrepreneurship was just a natural progression of who we are as a person and as a result of the life that we have led. You know, the experiences that we have, the trauma that we have faced, the uh, circumstances that we have overcome. I think that entrepreneurship was just um, the resilience that you talk about, those traits, those those incidents, those circumstances. I don't like to listen to other people telling me what to do. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that too, that too. Absolutely, the hyper-independence as well, um, you know? That's all part of the trait. So I think for me personally, when it came to, um, you know, finding my own happiness, one, I had to understand that I had to walk away from things that did not serve me, whether that was my mindset or whether that was the way I, the negative self-talk, the victim mentality, 
or uh, even just me being in a space where I just kept saying, why me? Or why doesn't this happen to anybody else? You know, I had to first walk away from that mindset and then move on to taking actionable steps to create the life that I personally wanted for myself. Yeah. And the other piece of that is giving yourself the space to process your feeling. You know, it's not about stifling all that. It's not about not being upset for a minute. And it's not about not being mad and frustrated. It's about choosing to not stay there. Absolutely. I think a lot of times people think that emotions are wrong or that we shouldn't be emotional or that feeling sad or angry or frustrated is is wrong. But I think it's essential. It's part of who we are as humans. I think that it's a very natural thing to feel. It, I think one of my biggest lessons during that phase was not berating myself for feeling sad or for being in pain. Because I'm pre- I, at that point, I used to constantly tell myself, well, why are you always in pain? Why are you so emotional? You shouldn't be this emotional. But I think over time of healing and understanding that it was just normal for me to feel all of those things. I think that helped me process through that entire trauma and that pain and that situation. And the other thing for those of us who have been through those phases and come out the other side, I think it helps us rather than judge, but it helps us be much more empathetic for our clients. Like I know I work heavily in marketing. You work heavily in marketing. We are bumping up against every client's stories and fears because we're asking them to be more visible. We're asking them to do the part that steps out of their comfort zone. And there's a certain amount of empathy that you learn for when your client is resistant to it, your client is having a hard time with it. I absolutely believe that. I think so. And I think that the experiences that we have in some shape or form at some point will come together and make sense. I truly, really believe that, Erin, because I started out broke. Um, I did not save a lot of money. I was just in U.S. for a year. And that was not a lot of money saved. I didn't expect it to not work. I didn't expect it to not work. Absolutely. And I didn't take financial support from my parents as well. Defense, You didn't really expect it to not work. That, that's true, actually. I have not thought about that, but I'm going to tell myself that to feel a lot better. Um, but, you know, at that point, um, I started out broke from absolute zero. And I know that there have been a couple of months during the beginning stages of my entrepreneurial journey where I did not get any clients. My income was zero dollars. I mean, that's a very, very real part of my journey. And so I realized, and at that point, you know, I would constantly ask myself, well, why am I going through this? Why, why am I in so much of pain when it comes to money? And for me, I have lived a pretty comfortable life, touch wood. I mean, very privileged. My parents um, have provided everything that I ever wanted or needed. And for me to be in that broke mindset was heartbreaking for me. And I And I never understood the reason until I started getting clients and I would suddenly give them like a huge list of why I thought they needed to spend $12 or why I, you know, justifying the purchase for their business. And they were looking at me. They were like, you know, you've done your research. You've done your homework. You're really empathetic uh, about how much of money we have and don't have and 
one of the reasons that two of my clients hired me was because I was so intentional with their money. And that's when I realized I needed to go through that entire broke phase for me to be empathetic towards my clients. Because otherwise, I would have just been like generic person saying, oh, hire three people, get this and that. And they wouldn't even have the money to hire one person, let alone three people, you know. So I think that there is a higher purpose to what we go through, especially the pain and the lows. I think that there is some sort of meaning to it. I truly believe that. Otherwise, um, the trauma that I have faced up until now would make no sense. So I would like to believe that, Erin. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I absolutely agree. What we've gone through makes us better suited to help the yes. people that we help. So let's, you know, we have a few minutes left. I do want to touch on what you do for people and how you help them. Okay, absolutely. So one of my main missions is to help business owners confidently implement marketing strategies. That's one aspect of my business. The other one is to challenge the norms of the digital entrepreneurial world and to give people a more realistic view, a more realistic outlook, and a more realistic process to handle their own entrepreneurial journey. So one, I do it with my marketing consultancy, my Etsy shop. The other, that is to basically, I guess I would say, break myths in the digital entrepreneurial world. I do that with my podcast, my YouTube channel, and my book, Zero to Four Figures, as well. In that, I have 61 stories and lessons that have contributed to my entrepreneurial journey. It's got everything from marketing to business strategy to growth mindset self-love, relationships, positive mindset, success mindset, and money mindset as well. And for me personally, the entire title of my book is Zero to Four Figures, Lessons Learned by a Broke CEO. And so it's got my entire journey and it's a very realistic view of how a journey tends to look like. It's not overnight success. There is no such thing. There are many, 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 many years of that one night of success. And uh, that's one of the main premise for my book. It's my absolute mission to encourage and inspire more entrepreneurs to pursue that path while letting them know the realities of this so that they don't lose hope too quickly on this journey. Awesome. Fantastic. So if people want to continue this conversation with you, and I highly, highly, highly recommend they do, what is the easiest way for them to reach out to you? Okay, Instagram, I'm basically the marketing nomad everywhere. <laughs> you can reach out to me on Instagram, Pretty Motherker on LinkedIn, and you know, come over, come say hi, tell me something that you like about Erin's podcast. I'd be absolutely delighted to connect with you. Erin, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, and for those of you listening all the way up until here, thank you so much for that too, as well. Nice. I love your story, so thank you for being so open about it and just... Thank you. Love it, love it, love it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice. Leaving us a review and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time. Thank you.